1: Hello and welcome to
2: another episode of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. My name is Eric Blum, breaking down Mizzou Sports with you every time here on the show. Uh, We'll start to have more regular episodes now that we're getting into uh, almost football season. Uh, Today is July 14th, and we're less than a week away from SEC Media Days. Uh, We'll talk a lot about that in this episode. Uh, We had Nick Kelly on as our special guest and kind of my co-host for this episode. Uh, And you know we talked a lot about kind of the upcoming football season, what to expect, and you know it's been a little bit of a busy offseason with all the NIL name, image, and likeness stuff kind of going on. And we'll maybe have another episode coming up that dives deeper into that. But Nick and I talked about a lot, kind of his career, you know, and what led him to being the Alabama football reporter at the Tuscaloosa News, and you know more stuff like that kind of like you know how he was on the beat with me in 2019 when he was at the missouri and i obviously was at the tribune uh and a couple more uh you know things like that so without further ado let's get into the main part of the show with nick kelly joining the mizzou sports podcast this time is the alabama football reporter for the tuscaloosa news nick kelly how you doing nick
0: I'm doing great, Eric. Great to be with you.
2: Yeah, great to have you on as well. Kind of walk us through your your own Wikipedia page. How'd you you end up in Tuscaloosa?
0: (laughs) Well, Columbia was a big part of that for me. I I was a student at Mizzou for four years from 2016 to 2020, and that included working for places like The Maneater, The Tribune for a year, and the Missourian as well, so I, I got a lot of experience there. I've also been fortunate to have a chance to work in, in Tampa and in Boston for some internships and, and do some work back home in Minnesota, and now we're in Tuscaloosa, Alabama.
2: And you mentioned, uh, you. I think your final day before going to cover i think the lightning for like 3 months or so in tampa was like my first day on the job cuz you like kind of were like i guess the part-time prep person for like 2018 after cam got elevated that was that was your kind of role there right before the summer took over of 2018 correct
0: yes Okay. Yeah, so I was I was in I was in preps um, or I was on preps. I haven't thought about this in a little bit. <laughs> um, it feels like years ago, especially with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was basically a part-time preps writer for a semester, and then the semester before that, um, I was uh, an intern and I was covering everything from Olympic sports to helping with football uh, and doing some preps as well.
2: Very cool. And then, so you covered the Lightning pre-back-to-back Stanley Cups, but you probably saw that happen. You were on the football beat uh, at, at with the Missourian uh, during the 2019 season, I think, a little bit of other stuff as well. So just kind of, and we talked a little bit of this off-recording, but just now that you've been in Tuscaloosa for a little while, how, how does the athletic scene compare Mizzou to University of Alabama?
0: Yeah, well, I think, unfortunately, for most schools, they don't quite measure up to – Alabama. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of plenty winning for the football program here, as most people have, may have heard about. And, and I think just in my short time that I've been here, the amount of, of passion and just people you can find who have a take on Alabama football is just crazy. I mean, it's such a fun environment to be in if you're a football fan or a fan of you know college athletics. They had a great year in other sports as well. And and so it's it's fun where you could talk to anyone, anywhere, and they probably have an opinion on Alabama football. And I think that's – you could say about a lot of college towns. And just here in Alabama, though, it, it just feels kind of next level. And that kind of tends to happen when your, your football team wins national championship after national championship.
2: Now that you're new to the beat, I know Nick Saban is this larger-than-life character in college football, but – I don't know how many chances you probably had to interview him because I know kind of the media relations at Alabama works very much different than it works at Mizzou. Uh, But have you – what are your kind of first impressions just as a reporter whose job it is to cover Nick Saban?
0: Yeah, Nick Saban is obviously kind of in a class of his own. Obviously, there have been other schools who have won national championships, and you got great coaches in other schools. But, I mean, there's just not much that you can compare to him. And and I think that – his success is it's fascinating because he's such a, a creature of habit and just process. And, and in some ways, and I've, I've been here a few months now, but I'm really gonna be interested to see kind of up close and personal once the season gets rolling, just in terms of how he goes about just this yearly process that that is this machine that just keeps rolling because obviously with college sports, you only have athletes for a certain period of time before they either use up their eligibility, go to the draft, whatever it might be. And yet Nick Saban's system just keeps working and he adapts. And that's what I think is so fascinating so far, just in the more research I've done and just being up close is the the changes that you see are intentional and strategic and and he's not stuck in his old ways, which a lot of coaches who have been doing as long as he has could be stuck in those ways. And so it's just, it's fascinating to see how willing he is to adapt and evolve and learn, but also stay disciplined to certain qualities and and discipline is a huge thing for him that he preaches on as well. And so it's very fascinating to see just kind of that success and what goes into that just in the few months I've already been here.
2: And one of the biggest signs of Saban, I think, for me is just the coaching tree. Obviously, now you have Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, but there's guys like Mike Loxley at Maryland, and I believe the coach at Marshall was a recent assistant. And just it's just a larger than life tree of just you know how many degrees of separation do you have between Nick Saban? I think Kirby Smart also worked for him, and you know it was, I think it was. His record against former assistants was something astronomical, but he got to play that many of them, and that, that was the crazy part of it. But we're, we're not here just to talk about Nick Saban. We're recording this on july 14th sec media state sec media days the traditional sense as much as we can get back to it uh starts yeah. in five days uh it was kind of my first week truly on the job i was hired in may of 2019 as the Missouri athletics reporter but uh, officially but i didn't have anything truly on the beat to do until july of 2019 and it was kind of media days and kelly bryant was on the rage and you know it was looking like missouri Man. had a schedule uh you know kind of you know there was a silver platter, and how far ago that now seems. You know that was about four months before. You know the sanctions got upheld, and the craziness right. of the Drinkwitz coaching hire. All that feels that was that was two years ago, but feels like five somehow. Do you just can you seriously?
0: Just, just, if not ten,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was I mean, going to say just that that's that's nuts. What what do you remember? Kind of, I, I don't believe you were actually at SD Media Days that year, and you'll probably be there in five days. But what do you kind of remember from just? that 2019 season of Missouri and just how, how much of a roller coaster it really was.
1: Yeah, it
0: really had it all, didn't it? I mean, it, it really didn't lack for much. I mean, you had the sanctions were kind of held over the whole season. I mean, I just remember the the general, like, I don't know, paranoia is the right word, but and you obviously experienced this too, but everyone was just waiting. When is this going to drop? When are we going to find out about this? of course, it drops, what was it, right before Thanksgiving?
2: It was It was November 26th. Missouri was at the basketball tournament, um, uh, that Hall of Fame classic, where they played Monday night, and then we all thought we were returning for a Tuesday night game, but they held that press conference in Kansas City that next day. It dropped, It seemingly, we all knew it was coming, but almost a little bit out of nowhere Thanksgiving week, yeah.
0: Yeah, and just the timing was weird because a lot was going on, but in some ways it was just like, well, finally it happened, and, and really... It, Maybe it would have been nice if it was earlier in the year. I don't know. But either way, it dropped when it did. But So you have that. Then you had a team come into the year that expectations were probably the highest they had been under Barry Odom. Because my, my freshman year, I covered the team for the Maneater. And that's I think that was his first year, 2016. Correct. And, and so it felt like 2019, expectations were the highest they had ever been for his team. And then they'd lose the first game to Wyoming, which was Surprising, Great trip. I had a lot of fun later me, but that was, that was a shocker. And it was just such a weird up and down. And then didn't, didn't they rattle off like five in a row at home?
2: Uh, It was Wyoming and then five in a row at home and then the Vanderbilt game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then just things went off the track. I mean, it was such a crazy year. And then of course, Barry lost his job at the end of the year. And then they, they hire drink wits and, and yeah, so it, it really didn't lack for anything.
2: Yeah, no, it, it it definitely didn't, and I think I've talked to a couple of your beat mates from 2019, both Liam and Bennett, and they said there was some. I don't know if you were there with them, but they were going to go visit some sort of, uh, it was, must have been like memorial or you know, you know, just museum that had to do with you know all the civil rights stuff in Little Rock. And either on the drive or they had just arrived when news of Odom's firing had just came down the day after that Arkansas game. It's like, well, we're not doing anything else today, just that. <laughs> were you with them then or no?
0: i was not actually which in some ways uh i actually i think jumped on right away it was like a reaction kind of piece and so it was just kind of like uh we were working on it from different states and you know different kind of things that we were trying to piece together at that point um because yeah it was another hectic because that was the same week of the sanctions right it was just a couple days later
2: oh yeah that was that was the friday that so sanctions dropped on tuesday i drove to little rock and you you might have flown based off of where you were thanksgiving on that thursday game friday odin was fired in the early morning hours of saturday correct
0: Jeez, yeah that was a what a week <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah no that, that was crazy but uh now well let, let's bring it forward obviously a lot has happened since then uh and yeah. now going now into media days in 2021 i i don't think it's a shocker to say that probably Alabama will pick to win the conference again if not you know probably win the win the national title by a lot of people but just can you describe how the national championship or bust expectations are down there? Is it accurate is, is it as crazy as people on kind of the outside SEC bubble think it is in Tuscaloosa?
0: I think so. I mean really the, every year the expectation is that they're going to play for national championship and they can make the playoff which for some teams that's that'd be a great year. But if that doesn't happen for Alabama, then that's not a good year. And so there's so little room for error. And if the playoffs you know, expand and change, that'll change up some things. But right now, you can't lose much more than one or two games if you want a shot. And so Alabama has to be near perfect. And also, when you're the top dog, other teams are coming for you. And so we'll see if we'll see what happens. But of course, we've got some tough competitors in in Georgia, in Texas A&M, in Florida. I mean, there, there's a lot of teams that Uh, could be competing for that the top spot in the SEC but uh, Alabama I think every year as long as Nick Saban is there is going to have a shot at that And I think just when you go into a year not knowing what teams are going to look like they're probably going to be picked most years
2: and then just what's kind of the breakdown for this year's Alabama team as of right now I mean just a lot of thought was kind of given to how dominant they were last year I mean is there even a possible slip up this year or a chance they don't make the playoff
0: it's always possible, and because there is so little room for error, but they still have a ton of talent waiting in the wings. The offense is going to be interesting to watch because they literally lost so much talent, but they still have talent behind them, just unproven talent. So they, they lost guys like Mac Jones, Najee Harris, uh, their offensive line, Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson. I mean, they, they had they had a lot of talent guys, and of course you have the wide receivers, Jalen Waddle and, and Devontae Smith. And so you have a ton of talent you have to replace, but doesn't mean they won't be able to. It just means right now they have question marks. So yeah, I think if you're if you're a team like Texas A&M or Florida or Georgia or whoever, you're hoping that yeah, that means they're not going to be as good. But and chances are they probably are not as good because they were incredible last year, undefeated, dominant, facing all SEC teams, and so they probably won't be that good again. But they maybe don't have to be that good again to still possibly win the West and also the SEC.
2: So what would be kind of just how you would describe the shift to this year? You mentioned some of the personnel, but, you know, do you expect that same offensive team or is it more of a focus on defense or is it just who knows at this point?
0: I think the defense is going to be what they rely on more early on. Now, of course, we're in a different era of college football where you're not holding a team to six points, at least not, not another team that's, you know, highly competitive kind of thing, or at least an ACC team, you're probably not going to hold to six points, but the defense still is a lot more experience. They have a ton of talent, especially a linebacker. They've got some guys like Will Anderson and Christopher Allen and Christian Harris, and they brought in Tennessee transfer Henry Toto. So they're going to have a a great linebacking core. They have experience in the secondary. They have experience up front. And so their defense is probably what they're going to rely on early on while their offense gets more experience and gets up to speed. So, So that defense will probably be the thing to watch. Even though it's not quite the the days where defense has shut teams out and we're just dominant.
2: What are you most looking forward to about covering media days?
0: <laughs> well, I was kind of as weird as to say it. You know, excited to see what the fans are like. Cause I hear they're just crazy at media days. But <laughs> it sounds like as of uh, yeah. today, as of today, they're not going to let them inside, right? So they just it's going to be not today. quite yeah. the. It's not quite the. It's not going to be the full SEC experience or SEC media days experience, I should say. But, yeah, I'm just interested to see what the whole spectacle is like, because uh, during my time in Missouri, I was usually somewhere else during the middle of the summer. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what this whole craziness is like. And I'm sure it'll be a little different with maybe COVID protocols or whatever. But I'm just it's going to be interesting to see all these reporters get one place in Hoover, Alabama and and see what interesting things are said and see what good and probably silly questions are asked.
2: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of you know uh, what are your expectations this year, and a lot of responses of well, I think we're going to be good, even probably from Vanderbilt. But, <laughs> but I th- it's going to be interesting because I think it's eight first time. Well, technically Lane Kiffin's done it before, but eight time eight coaches have since changed jobs uh, since the last SEC media days. Obviously Barry Odom was a part of it, and a few other coaches as well. I think it's Saban, Orgeron, Mark Stoops, Kirby Smart, and two others that I cannot think of off the top of my probably dan mullen and one more that i cannot think of off the top of my head that has stayed in place since last ssc media days because i think it was four f- hires last year four hires this year yep um and, and that, mean, that means the one that stayed the same that i cannot think of off the top of my head i'm just oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna oh it's not auburn it's not the two mississippi schools it's not arkansas oh it's jimbo fisher it's got oh, duh there we go okay so you know, is there one player or one thing with Alabama you're kind of look, most looking forward to to getting? You know, kind of at media days they released the names of the players today. But is there any one thing you think that can be answered for Alabama when you come out of media days?
0: Yeah, I don't know if there's something we're going to get a great answer to. I mean, one guy who's talking about Alabama, John Mechie, he was hurt in the spring, so he didn't talk to any reporters. But he's kind of going to be the guy or expected to be the the number one receiver at a place that has had some great receivers the past few years with guys like. Like I mentioned before, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, yeah, Jerry Judy. I mean, just, you have all these Henry Ruggs, just these talented receivers, and he's going to kind of be expected to be that next number one, a lot of question marks there. And so he's someone who's going to be talking there. And for other teams too, I mean, Bo Nix will be there. That'll be interesting to hear from him. And you've got JT Daniels who's expected to have a good year for Georgia. And, and that's going to be fascinating too. And, and I know you didn't ask about this specifically, but yeah. I'm really going to be interested to see how the quarterback play kind of Finishes. You know, you and I took part in the USA Today Networks rankings of each position, and it's kind of tricky to think about. Okay, which quarterbacks are going to be the best in in the conference in each division? And and of course, you've got JT Daniels of Georgia and Bryce Young at Alabama is going to be really fascinating because he's got a ton of raw talent, but he only has seen time and spot duty. He played against Missouri last year, actually, correct in the second half. So it's going to be interesting to see how these quarterbacks kind of. Uh, how things play out and, and just see which guys meet expectations exceed expectations and which ones don't do so well because that's bound to happen as well
2: I, I was going to ask you about uh, those rankings from the, from the network uh, before we get back to the SEC is, in filling that out did anything you ranked kind of surprise you or who were some of the players you ranked at number one that kind of you know either took you by surprise or you think okay these are the guys we really need to watch out for this year across the entire league that is
0: yeah that's a good question I think there's there's some great players in the trenches <laughs> um, so O-linemen and D-linemen that I'm excited to see I'm trying to think of running back wise I mean running that's another position too with running backs there's some talented guys and it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out just in terms of which ones are successful just because last year doesn't mean you're going to have a great year this year and, and even for Alabama Najee Harris you lose him and what's going to happen what's basically going to happen for, for them with, cause they got a guy in uh, Brian Robinson who is going to come in and, and probably be their starter. And so I, I'm just curious to see how he does. I mean, in terms of running back talent, I mean, yeah, I, I think like, I mean, you got tank Bixby at Auburn and, and I think, I mean, Kevin Harris, I think was who I ranked number one. And I mean, he, he had a really great year last year, surprising some folks. And, and so, yeah, I'm curious to see how, basically which running backs are the best and if, if these guys who we who in our in our uh, rankings we we saw as the best but yeah i'm trying to think i mean how about you is there anyone who stands up to you as, as someone who just you're most excited to see in terms of who we maybe ranked as number one
2: I didn't put this person number one overall. I think that Bo Nix was my number one overall quarterback at Auburn. And I think it's just because we're going position by position. I think that Auburn as a whole is going to take kind of a big step back this year, as you expect losing a Gus Malzon. But Nix himself, I think, will do just fine. And I think, basically, I'm not sure there's a player in the league who more expectations are on him, and he will single handedly move the needle for his team more than a Bo Nix would. I don't think that's a Connor base lack at Missouri or a John Mechie at Alabama, or anybody in the league might have more of a say in how individually his team does than a Bo Nix. So I, I, I think that that's kind of the one play. I think an Isaiah Spiller at Texas A&M is a, a player that might be Heisman good, but also might have a horrible year. I, I, I don't exactly know how that's going to break down. Uh, a lot of that depends on just how, you know, if A&M makes the playoff this year actually i'm really excited to see how uh, and i don't want to butcher his name but henry tellatel you know uh, the new alabama transfer from tennessee cuz he was dominant in tennessee does that just continue and bloom at in alabama or is it just like okay the, it's clearly just now you see the disparity between the players that alabama can get kind of either you know, from just recruiting in general, and he's not a part of that, or is he? He just he just fits in beautifully. And I think that those are kind of some of the players that I'm really looking forward to. I was actually kind of surprised how highly Trajan Jeffcoat of Missouri was ranked, because there was a first place vote for him, and it wasn't me. I don't know who it was. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Resist, I don't think I ranked any Missouri player in the top three of any category. I think Missouri's got some great players. I think I think might have put Trajan and both Bazlak fourth individually each, but. I just I just think Missouri as a whole is an underrated team, but when you look at some of those individual pieces, they're maybe not as star-studded as they are, because I think I would have put probably Nick Bolton number one as a linebacker last year, uh, but he's right. obviously not back. So, I, I know your current knowledge of Missouri is not incredibly high, but just maybe do you th- what, what's kind of just the outward view of Missouri going into 2021? Is it Drinkwitz and everyone else, or what exactly do you think it is?
0: Yeah, I, I think that seeing how Drinkwitz's team does in a non-COVID year is going to be interesting because, man, I can't imagine trying to take over a football program in the middle of a pandemic like he did. And I think in a lot of ways, he did he did quite well considering the circumstances, but I'm interested to see how Connor Baselak does with another year with, with Drinkwitz. I think that, you know, we talked about before, how are these quarterbacks going to play out? Who's going to exceed expectations? Who's going to maybe meet them? Who's going to maybe not do as well as uh, fans hope? And he's someone I'm intrigued to see how he does and see how he can just perform with with more experience and, and more confidence probably too. And so I, I'm going to keep an eye on him just as much as guys like Jake Daniels and Bryce Young. And it's going to be, I mean, quarterbacks are always under the microscope, but I, I'm really intrigued to see how those guys do. And and yeah, I think I mean you talk about trade on Jeff Coat and he. I think I ranked him third if I remember correctly because mm-hmm. um, he's up there and statistically he's he's got some good numbers compared to the rest of the league. And so yeah, we'll see where those guys how they do and and yeah, I'm trying to think who else stands out because obviously it's been a few years since I was there. But mm-hmm. um, I guess you- who who else player wise I- do you think could. Be one of
2: their best I think Tyler Beatty could be has a has a shot and he was he was the number I think maybe two back during the 19 season because Roundtree was still in front mm. of him and he was when you covered yep. him the man eater he was I think maybe even number three with uh Demaria Crockett still here as well um but you look at just a couple of those guys I think at Tyler Beatty seeing the design of how Larry Roundtree ran the offense I think that that's um a big thing and then I mean two names have really been floated around Columbia and guys that neither of us have covered yet in Dominic Lovett, and Mookie Cooper, two tr- now freshman wide receivers coming in who are top prospects out of the St. Louis area. Mookie was a top hundred prospect I think, in the twenty class that Missouri missed on, but got him back via the transfer portal after a stay at Ohio State. And Lovett was flipped from Arizona State before the for the twenty one class. And I think that the vertical passing game was something that Missouri needed and didn't have and hasn't had in a few years, probably since Drew Locke left. So, I mean, that was something that Kelly Bryant really never did well with, and they just didn't have the time to install properly with the COVID year. So, I think that that's kind of something that developing more of that offense, and those are some of the guys that kind of might step up. And then it's just kind of been one guy after the after the, the next kind of it, linebacker for Missouri with Therese Hall, Kel Garrett, And Nick Bolton, who are now all either on NFL practice squads or on full rosters, and the next guy in line, kind of there, is Devin Nicholson, and I think he was kind of a guy that showed out at the end of '19 when you were still covering the team. Had a really solid under the radar kind of year last year, and now he's he's going to be that the leader in the middle of that defense, along with uh, Blaze Aldridge, who they got from Rice. So yeah, and there's a couple of the guys. Um, Just, I guess, kind of now, just big picture, kind of wrapping this all up, Nick. Just, what do you think? Just, you know, how how does the SEC kind of the outlook look this year? I know Alabama and Georgia kind of are going to be the two teams from each division that are overwhelming favorites. But is there a team or something that you're thinking? Okay, this is a team that's going to shock a lot of people, or a team that's going to make more more noise than a lot of people are thinking right now.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if you can say that about a Texas A&M or a Florida, but. I'd say those are the two other big time contenders to watch for in terms of challenging for the top spots in the league. But I mean, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Missouri podcast and I went, I went there, but I'm, I'm really interested to see what Missouri does. And if they can win a few of those games that they maybe didn't win last year, because they could, they could really, the Tigers could really be a threat to just some teams that maybe are that top echelon or heck Missouri could be contending. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's probably probably gonna be a little tougher for them, but, but I think Missouri's got enough talent is good enough. And frankly, I'm just intrigued to see if Missouri can be that team that maybe has, I mean, Kentucky could be similar in that way too, where they have enough talent are good enough to, to threaten an Alabama or threaten a, a Georgia con kind of team. And obviously Missouri's not gonna be playing in Alabama uh, this year, but, but just, the, you know, that, you have that kind of those top dogs that are competing for winning the winning the conference in each division, but there's some teams that could also really present some problems like a Missouri, like a Kentucky. And so I'm fascinated to see how they play. I mean heck, Ole Miss could be fascinating too to see with when Lane Kiffin and, and they had a high flying offense last year and, and we'll see how their defense can play this year. And so I I, mean, I keep an eye on Ole Miss as well. I mean Auburn, I feel like <laughs> I'm just listening to schools at this point, but like <laughs> go for it. It really it really is kind of intriguing to, to see how things will play out because I think there is going to be some good parity in, in the league this year. And I mean maybe, maybe not in the top spots, like you said, with Alabama and Georgia, but I think there's going to be some good games at the very least.
2: Yeah, you did. Uh, you were listing teams a little bit, but you didn't mention the team that I think was my answer. And Missouri fans aren't gonna like this, but I think Arkansas was the best three and seven team in the country last year and probably deserved better than three and seven. And they're only gonna get better, I think, this year with on in year two under Sam Pittman. They're gonna knock off somebody like an Ole Miss, maybe even an LSU, not an A and M or Alabama, but somebody else in the West. And I don't know, I'm not sure who their crossover game is this year, but it's not Georgia. It's not, and they play Missouri every year, but. Um, they're gonna knock off somebody that people are not expecting. So I, I think Arkansas might be the answer. They're not going to contend for a title, but that's they're gonna might have one of the more shocking upsets across all of college football when it happens this year. So yeah, one final question for you, Nick, before we let you go. And this is maybe the most controversial thing you'll say of the entire episode, and I ask every person I have on this, <laughs> and I have to ask you, so going back to your days in college, what was your what was the go to spot for you to eat in Columbia?
0: I mean, I feel like Shakespeare's is the easy answer, but it's also probably the true answer in terms of spent the most time at probably ate the most consistently at, (laughs) um, and just like, yeah, I mean, it's such a great place to hang out and and just, you know, the pizza's solid. I mean, I I don't know if I will say that that is the best pizza in town. I mean, pizza tree is, is pretty dang good, especially at, uh, late hours. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, Shakespeare's is probably my answer.
2: Sounds good. Well, I I can't top that. I mean, Shakespeare's is very good, and I think Pizza Tree probably beats it a little bit, but yes, very much so. So that was Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News. Where can people find your stuff online? Where can people find you on Twitter and all that?
0: Well, I'm at underscore Nick Kelly on Twitter, and uh, my stuff as well as my talented colleagues' work is on the Tuscaloosa
2: Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Nick. And I don't know if you'll be there next Thursday, but if so, I'll see you in Hoover. If not, we'll find each other in some press box across the country this year. Thanks, Nick.
0: Yes, we'll, uh, we'll be there all week, so we'll see you then.
1: We would like to thank our sponsors for the Columbia Daily Tribune's Mizzou Sports Podcast, University of Missouri Healthcare. University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of MU Athletics. Blue Events. Let Blue create the perfect event. Their passion for food, service, and presentation ensures that you will have a seamless and memorable event, no matter the size. They will work with you to bring your vision to life. Phyllis Nichols, State Farm Insurance. There, when things go wrong, here to help life go right. The Mizzou Sports Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. Follow Mizzou football with the Tribune's Tiger Extra newsletter. Sign up at ColumbiaTribune.com slash Tiger Extra for stories, galleries, and podcasts in your inbox every Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. And now, back to the show. Thank
2: you once again to Nick for joining us on this week's Mizzou Sports Podcast. Definitely cool to catch up with him and definitely cool to now kind of be a colleague with him now that he's in the USA Today Network. Uh, I will be heading down to Birmingham. It's technically Hoover, but heading down to Alabama for SSC Media Days next Wednesday. Eli Drinkwitz, Case Cook, and Akil Byers will be the three Missouri representatives. They go Thursday morning. Definitely will have a few podcasts and things like that of that kind of nature uh coming from hoover probably i'll get there you know mid-afternoon hopefully on wednesday to you know get my credentials and you know catch up with some of the beat writers and hopefully get a lot of content out for you guys from what should be one of the busier kind of just now periods of the off season in terms of actual you know things to talk about because we're getting so many different interviews with players and things like that and it should it should be a really fun week it was actually my first true week on the beat was the last SEC Media Days held in at, at the same hotel, the Winfrey in Birmingham, in 2019. And now you know it's been a long two years it was a lot longer that, than that that like Nick said and uh, now we're kind of getting back and you know it's going to be more of a controlled atmosphere with you know media having to stay in their seats and you know all the rotating and you know there's going to be I think a little less chaos than there was the last time I was there but it was it's definitely going to be a sign another sign that things are returning back to normal uh, kind of on the back end of this pandemic uh, and then so check out a lot of stuff from me coming up from SEC media days hopefully we'll have a podcast definitely catching up with some SEC beat writers as well uh i'll try and get mark weiser from georgia on i think there's a lot of interest there uh maybe with florida kentucky you know now with josh Hypel at tennessee i think there's a lot of different coaching changes and things that are different that we could have you know that would be good for the podcast definitely uh and then from there uh i'll definitely have another episode with phil Steele coming up soon uh gives his you know yearly appearance here on the podcast and you know before we know it we're about three weeks away from the start of mizzou football fall camp and they'll be rocking and rolling for heading towards september 4th in central michigan from there but uh thank you for listening to this week's mizzou sports podcast and we'll see you next time